0: You're listening to Probably the Best Fitness and Nutrition Podcast, where we give you the most important fitness and nutrition advice you will ever need to know, probably. Make sure to like us on Facebook and Instagram for fitness at Roof Fitness and for nutrition at Stacked Coaching. While you're there, give us a five-star review, rate, review, and subscribe, and share it with your friends. (laughs) What up, what up? (laughs) What's up, everybody? So, uh, you can't see, but (laughs) Lindsay right here, Lindsay Gastright, one of our best members. No one else get jealous. Um, She has purple (laughs) Crocs on (laughs) and orange socks underneath.
1: Hey, you know, I just kind of go with whatever feels comfortable.
0: Very Clemson-y. Yeah.
2: Yeah, that, was not not sure. <laughs> that was not, not the desired effect. That effort. was the desired if effect. If you like to wear Crocs with yep. socks,
0: please leave a comment below with a raisey hand emoji. Oh my Crocs God. with hashtag Crocs and socks. That is not me.
2: Bradley <laughs> will come in hard
0: for you next time he sees you at That's the all right. gym. You know
1: what? I kind of deserve this. I once broke up with a guy because he wore black socks with sandals. So, um, you know, this is just full circle.
0: <laughs> what have you broken up with a guy over something? Anything like that?
2: Um, no, no,
0: <laughs> I broke up with a girl because she wore too heavy perfume and she used to do this thing whenever <laughs> you've heard me say this. Whenever I walked past her, she'd be like, ooh, hey, ooh. but she was like trying to tell me hello, oh. but oh. like, that's how she said it. She might listen to this. There's a possibility. Oh, yeah, okay. um, sorry, I mean, you know who you are.
2: <laughs> I like dated, but I didn't have a lot of serious relationships or like that were longer than like a couple months. And I feel like for the most part, we were like, this doesn't really work. Bye. Yeah. Like, well, let's be friends. I will.
1: I will preface, I will give the caveat that this was when I was in fifth grade. So Ooh, um, you know, fair. it was not the most mature part of my life. You but- weren't a senior in college like I was. <laughs> no, I was. Well.
0: <laughs> there it is. All right, all right, y'all. Well, uh, we wanted to have Lindsay on the podcast um, because she has been such a diligent worker with not only her nutrition, but her fitness. Uh, But her experience in the training world herself is rather interesting. And she happens to be both Sarah and my personal client. We share her. Um,
2: Lindsay is the, um, I guess, founder of the hashtag Stacked and Jacked. She is. Oh, wow. I heard about that. (laughs) I do want to give some credit there. Well,
1: thank you. I appreciate that. I've been enjoying the uh, evolution of the hashtag thus far. I will say, (laughs) when
2: you were working on that hashtag, Lindsay's husband Joel came up to me in the gym and said, Lindsay has been working really hard on this hashtag. Like, I she's didn't even know. Really uh, yeah, excited about know, it.
1: I don't have a lot going on. So <laughs> but no, this is just Lies. it was really important. So I was like, all right, well I gotta make this, gotta make this count. All
0: right, all right, <laughs> I like it. So Lindsay, where does stacked and jacked come from?
1: Oh, so I, you know, like a, you know, you were saying I have been a stacked client for Gosh, I think about a year now. Yep, we're really um, close to
0: the year mark. Which is you've almost been a room member.
1: Almost a year.
0: Almost a year. Yeah. So
1: I actually so came into Stacked having not been a Room member. Um my husband Joel was a member at Roo and I was like, eh, I don't know. Those whatever, people whatever. crazy. <laughs> I actually was working out at a different place and how I described this other workout, it was also a hit type workout and I described that actually as well, it's harder than Orange Theory, but not as psychotic as CrossFit. (laughs) And then, so now here I am. I've joined the. Where are we on the
0: crazy to hot ratio?
1: Uh, Well, it's it's like how I met your mother. We were just
2: talking about it. Crazy to hot
0: ratio, where are we?
1: Um, I think that Unicorns? you're, yeah, right smack dab in the middle. Oh. We have to find,
2: if mm-hmm. you're familiar yeah. with How I Met Your Mother, it's, I think, like, the Jenny Mendoza line, like, we, we'll have to figure out if we're above or below. Okay. Where we fall in the crazy
0: high.
1: I think you're, you're kind of a unicorn, but we'll get into that. So anyway, stacked and jacked. The way
0: it goes is, like, there's the line, right? Like the Mendoza line, right? And it's this curve up here. And most of the time, the less hot you are, the less crazy you are. Mm-hmm. as you are hotter, yeah. you get crazier. Okay. But there is a small section at the bottom here where they're like 10 out of 10 hot and 0 out of 10 crazy. Oh. There's at least probably okay. a 1 or 2 out they're of 10 called, on the crazy. They're called yeah. unicorns. Yeah. no, I, Because they do not exist. That's not <laughs> true. My wife is one.
2: Oh, there you go. Um, so are you, Sarah. So <laughs> – I just <laughs> – In case you aren't watching, I just got a sweet wink out of Bradley.
1: (laughs) Oh, man. Um, So, where Stackton, going back, where Stackton Jack came from is I came to Sarah after, oh gosh, I think this was, I don't know, at the beginning of May, something along those lines, like right at the beginning of summer. And Mm -hmm. I was like, hey, I really want to start getting after this. So, Stacked and jacked, summer 2021, Mm -hmm. here we come, and it's just kind of been snowballing from there.
0: What made you want to, well, background information, what do you do, Lindsay?
1: Okay, Uh, so I work in the field of sports medicine, and I am a certified athletic trainer, so for those of you who know what that is, awesome. For those I'm, I'm not even sure I know what it is. <laughs>
0: I mean, I know what they do, but I'm not sure what it is. Can okay. you just explain it for all of us dum-dums out there?
1: So I am a medical professional that is... that understands
0: nutrition what
1: (laughs) sort of board board certified um licensed in the state to treat um athletes so similar to physical therapy except that all of my patients are athletes so i am in charge of um on-field management of injuries, uh, rehab, uh, per- a lot of prevention goes into it. Um, and we just try to get people back into doing the things that they want to do.
0: So you were the person that ran on the field uh, when a soccer player flops, lifted up the back of their shirt, and sprayed the hairspray on their back? I mean, Biofreeze.
1: Ah, uh, Yeah, I guess, sort of. I like to, you know, yeah. Coach, I need some tape. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, I can, is, I can do some serious damage with tape.
2: Is there like an age or a sport specifically that you enjoy working with?
1: So I've kind of had the fortunate um, opportunities in my career that I've worked with a bunch of different athletes in yeah. a bunch of different settings. Um, sorry.
0: That's
1: okay. And... Um, I don't know. I like, I like all sports for mm-hmm. various reasons. I actually kind of prided myself on the fact that whatever sport I was working with, they never felt like they were the superior sport to another. Like everyone, mm-hmm. I treated everyone the same. Um, but yeah, I worked at an all-girls school for gosh, seven years, and that was actually a lot more fun than I thought it was going to be. What school was that? Um, So I was an outreach athletic trainer through Tulane at Cabrini Uh High School, and that was just a ton of fun. The girls were really fun. Um,
0: What did you do specifically for them? Like, did you train them?
1: No. So athletic trainer is kind of like a misnomer name because a lot of people are like... keep them healthy
0: or get them out of pain?
1: Right. So usually when I'm getting involved, it's Hey, like I have an in like something happens on the field. Um, so there's an injury, there's a sprained ankle, there's a hamstring, there's whatever. Um, so I work with them to try to minimize the um, inflammatory effect and then work them slowly to progress it, progress them through exercise to get them back into competition. Um, and then two, that's kind of like the acute part of what I do. And then the chronic part is like, hey, I've been having this pain in my back for, like, you know, months, and it really hurts, and I don't really know why. And then then you start going into the whole assessment. And with the girls' um, school, nine, well, actually with all of the high school athletes, really, when you get into that chronic kind of phase, nine times out of ten, it's because they have some sort of um, deficiency. Uh, they started lifting a lot of weights. They started building the house on not a very good foundation and there's some asymmetries and so then you kind of have to back them down to work them back up
2: and you you've worked with dancers right i have super interesting (laughs) to me
1: yeah so uh when i started at uh tulane tulane institute of sports medicine they had this program that they they had this dance medicine program and so i kind of said, Ooh, what's that? And through a series of events, I kind of took over the program and rolled with it. So simultaneously while working at the girls school, I was also running that program. So I got involved with all things dancer related and, um, it really ranged. I worked with, you know, professional ballet dancers. I worked with burlesque dancers. Mm -hmm. Um, where did you see the
0: most amount of injuries? Like what dancing field?
1: um gosh ballet has a lot um
0: what is the most common injury in ballet
1: Ballet. um ankle ankle a lot of foot injuries but just like a lot of chronic hip low back yep the lower the lower cross syndrome (laughs) i got pretty decent at uh like being like all right well we're gonna do these exercises we're gonna do this this and this and then the coolest thing that I thought it was really cool because I guess I'm kind of nerdy like this. But um, the Tulane Dance Department was like super supportive of everything I was doing. I was started off with doing like a little injury clinic at the school where I would, you know, hey, like anybody who has an injury or a question can come and talk to me, and then um, we can kind of go over some exercise. If I need to refer them to the doctor, I can, um, or get them into formal PT. Uh, but then an opportunity presented itself for me to teach a class called conditioning for dancers.
0: Oh mm-hmm. yes.
1: So that was a three credit class where we just kind of went through. I actually brought them through like a conditioning program, a strengthening program. And I had to debunk a couple of misnomers that, Wh- you know, which which ones, conditioning and strength will make you big and bulky and not oh. be able to propel yep. yourself across the floor. Um, but what I tried to stress was that a little, nothing that we're going to do in this class is going to do that because one, we don't have weights, we have bands and it's a lot of activation and it's more of like a prevention type thing, which mm-hmm. you throw the word prevention around, everyone gets really interested. And... Um, Yeah, we just kind of went through the semester, and I had a lot of kids who really responded well to it. Uh, A couple kids who were already in physical therapy were telling me that they were progressing faster through physical therapy because of the supplement work that we were doing in that class.
0: Did you find that you had more injuries with dancers than maybe, um, like, ball athletes?
1: Um, Chronic, yes, um, for sure. But really, like, when it all of comes down to age and demographic it's kind of all the same sarah do yeah.
0: you think it's because of and we've talked about the, a little bit of this in the mm-hmm. past is it like malnutrition thing plus lack of resistance training
2: it's a lot of things um mm-hmm. it's Lindsay kind of touched on this but growing up i mean what is prioritized above all else, um, in terms of physically, what you're doing is your flexibility. Mm -hmm. Um, and so especially if you don't work both sides evenly, you develop some serious imbalances at a really young age. Um, and that leads to a lot of chronic pain later on, Mm -hmm. specifically in the hips and the lower back. You
0: still deal with that. Um, less now.
2: Yeah. Now I had more injuries to like my feet and ankles, Mm -hmm. um, it because it
1: depends on the type of dance you're doing and the footwear and the surfaces and all of that. Yeah.
2: Like, I loved, I still love, like, I, if you, if y'all took me to a classic ballet tomorrow, I would probably cry through most of the performance. Like, I just would. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's beautiful. But my body did not like when I put all of my body weight and tried to turn and jump on a single square inch. Like, that's what point is. Like, it just did not jive. I recently <laughs> and, mm-hmm. watched
0: my daughter's dance review. Sarah teaches at the school. What's the name of the school? I can't.
2: Uh, Lelia Haller.
0: There you go. Mm-hmm. Um, and Sarah's taught there for a while. And I'm, like, watching them do point, And in my head, I'm, like, uh, cringing. You sometimes I'm like, you. Oh, there, there are a handful of it's times. It's beautiful, but I'm, like, oh, God. Where you'll be up there and it's you jump.
1: So, it's it's so, it takes so much strength to be able to do what, ballerinas do and what dancers do that it was blowing my mind when I would sit in these meetings and they're like yeah we just you know we just dance I'm like so like there's this whole world of strength and conditioning (laughs) yeah let's talk about that a little bit (laughs) I
2: mean you grow up and you hear things about I mean, it's totally the myth that lifting weights will make you look a certain way. Um, and as much as I wish it wasn't It'll so. will make you look sexy as fuck. Well, yeah. <laughs> but as much as I wish it wasn't so, there is an aesthetic when it comes to ballet. And yeah. it's the same for the men. Like, yeah. and I will say, in the last, like, 10, 15 years, I do think you're seeing a lot more of companies, including Pilates and things like that, which is really beneficial. Yeah. Um, but you have that. And then whether people develop full blown eating disorders, I think a lot of us had disordered eating because you don't want like you don't want to be heavy to your partner. Like right. Right. Um, you don't want to be heavy. And on top of it all, I think what makes my own personal that makes ballet dancers so badass is like any other athlete can make faces when they're in pain, and a dancer cannot. Right.
1: It is it is truly remarkable, and I was just in awe of all of the performers and that I got to work with. So I was just you know blown away. It was it was the most fun. Were you able situation. to impact
0: change in that class?
1: I think so. Um, you know, it was just it was just fun and i think having the background that i had i think i was a little i was a reliable source of information and it was um it was just good it was fun that's
0: awesome yeah in terms of the ball sports any particular sport that you saw the most amount of injuries
1: wow oh, goodness um and
0: was there a discrepancy between female injuries and male injuries non-contact versus contact cuz i imagine with females you're going to have more non-contact contact injuries
1: yeah so there was a stretch there where I was seeing a lot of basketball ACLs and that was primarily before the development of the strength and conditioning program that for females are females right. um, that the school implemented so after that happened we saw a decrease and it was just like let's get in the weight room let's what let's age do, do
0: you think girls should be starting strength and conditioning if they're an athlete or just period?
1: Oh, goodness. Um, I don't know, probably 13, 14, mm-hmm. just kind of, you know, in that age range. I mean, you there There are a lot of youth programs that are out there now where you're kind of teaching the basics really early. Um, so I don't know.
0: To be I, know honest, we, I don't
1: know that there's really like an age. We've had as young
0: as 11 year olds in yeah. here. Yeah. Um, and i know you can go younger it's just it, it just depends on
1: so there's a there's form a form and
0: technique and there's no th- like specific thing like right i mean lifting with bad technique it will hurt so that's you.
1: so that's the thing right like if you so i say 13 14 like throwing some resistance like yeah, some yeah, weight, weight, weight on yeah but like i was really, going to say 11
0: 12 we're not really putting yeah, weight on need bars yeah
1: you probably need to learn how to move earlier because as you know as it goes as you get older you develop bad patterning so if you look at a baby crawl or I mean, my two-year-old nieces have the best squat form I think I've ever seen before in my life. On, yeah. Tuesday, so.
0: <laughs> on Tuesday, I was out at Jefferson Playground, and I went and, like, uh, Gerald got stuck in Baton Rouge with the weather. So I'm like, you know, I need to get back into running. So I just went out to the track and mm-hmm. did my warm-up Ransom 100s, and there was a local high school football team coming out there for summer, uh, and they have close proximity to that playground. Anyway. <laughs> 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 anyway, um I was looking at them and they were just running back and forth and I'm like this is a shit show. No, like they gets- have no idea how to run. This this looks terrible. So,
1: I will say that when it comes to formalized athletics at the youth and adolescent level, you would be shocked. Like it was it's like oh, okay, well, I can see why things are going the way that they are. But sometimes that's just how they're built. And that's just Mm -hmm. how their body moves. And it's like, all right, well, then you sort of straddle that when you're talking about an injury thing. It's like, all right, well, I kind of – the nice part about what I did was I was there for every day. So I was there for every practice. I'm there for every game so I can get to know these kids. I can Mm -hmm. know their movement patterns. I know where they are. So when they get hurt and you're rehabbing, it's like, all right, well – I know what is the textbook definition of how to run correctly, but what does this kid need? What does this kid look for? Like in the gym. Like in the gym. Yeah. See what I did there? Yeah,
0: like that <laughs> transition. I don't want to jump there yet because okay. I am so interested. You, you messed around with Tulane's football team, right?
1: Uh, when, I was a, when I was in grad school, when I was a GA, yeah. How was that? Um, well, it was, it was, it was fun. It was good. I, um, I got some really great opportunities to work with a division one program and it was a lot of work (laughs) on my end.
0: (laughs) A lot of people getting hurt.
1: A lot of people getting hurt. Um, you know, I actually, I was talking to Joel about this. I was like, should I mention this? I don't even know. But actually I was, you're um, not employed
0: by Tulane anymore. I,
1: (laughs) I was, um, actually a GA when Mike Henry was an athlete there. Yeah. And so. Mike Henry was
0: a room member, uh, played offensive line for the Green Wave.
1: Yeah. So he kind of alluded to in one of the podcasts about their record. Yeah. I was running on the field. And so there were probably like, you know, there's a hierarchy of people who are going on the field and. They're probably like six people ahead of me. so if I'm running on the field, that means the other five people are occupied with something. So
0: yeah <laughs> Yikes.
1: yeah so it got a little it got a little intense there but, a little dicey. Um, you know I got I was I was in very much like a supplemental role to the football team. Um, when I was at Tulane, my primary sports were um, indoor volleyball. Beach volleyball. Fun fact, I was the first athletic trainer with their first ever beach volleyball team, which that year I was super busy because they needed to add another sport to get back up to NCAA standards. Um, Their Katrina kind of probation was up. So the indoor team played beach that next season, but also had to fulfill the indoor requirements in order to play. So it, I was like, Oh my God. Indoor
0: volleyball sounds like injury heaven.
1: It was, it was pretty, it was a lot. It was intense. A
0: lot of like jarring (laughs) motions, right? Yeah.
1: No, volleyball, volleyball is pretty extreme. That was my first exposure to working with the volleyball team and it was, It was intense. Um, And then I worked with swimming, diving, track, field, and cross country, which are four different sports.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 Goodness gracious. Even within
2: running, having track and field versus cross country, it's two completely different
1: things. Exactly. Exactly. So, and then I also helped out with the women's basketball team and then, um, you know, helped out with football.
0: So- you had extensive like, uh, strength and conditioning knowledge coming into Rue. Yes. Yes. How was your nutrition knowledge?
1: So I will say that it, it, my nutrition knowledge was based on what nutrition needs to be in order to compete on a game day. Like, Has that changed? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes um so i've learned i've learned just a ton and you really do need to have like an individualized program because i my i always say that like there's a team shoe but there's not always a team foot and so you get a lot of injuries based on the fact that everyone has to wear the same shoe so if you i mean nutrition's the same way you, right Have, you know, a guide for what it is, but everybody needs a different plan.
0: We talked about it last week. Emily, Sarah, and I up here, we all eat three different ways. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, um, you know, athletics, I hope, is moving towards that direction. I haven't been in the Division I world for a while now. I know that some of the bigger programs probably do have – full-time nutritionists and do all that but i'm not sure
0: so when you came to us you remember you said um stacked was first Mm -hmm. and what kind of made you want to start stacked
1: so um, i um yeah i my husband joel he uh came to me one day and was like hey i think we should you know look into doing this and at that point we had been in quarantine So it was like, all right, well, everything that we've been doing is kind of shrunk down to nothing. Right. Um, I feel like we're eating a lot and I was just super uncomfortable in my own skin. I, you know, for a couple of years, I'd been kind of struggling with this up and down type mentality uh, we dabbled into Whole30 and Paleo and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. But I was like, all right, well, if there's someone else who can be in charge of figuring all this out for me, like, sure, let's give it a whirl. So, I like that, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> someone <laughs> else tell me what to do. Yeah. Right. Thanks. I'm very, I can follow directions. That's why I have Emily. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: There you go. Um, so that was kind of the our first thing. And then, you know, I – once we were able to kind of go back to the gym, like I had been working out, like I was going to this class in a different location. And but I really wasn't like seeing what it was and knowing what I know, I'm like, I feel like I should be looking better, losing weight, or something.
2: And you were running a lot at the time, right? Or yeah, had been.
1: I had been so. Yeah, I kind of dabble in half and full marathons. Um,
0: dabble in? Yeah. I feel like that's not something like you dabble there's in. There's a yeah.
2: handful of people that can be like, "I dabble in halves," but to be like, "I dabble in 26.2 <laughs> miles of running," oh, it's
1: always it's always funny because I like sign up for these races, I'm super excited, and then I usually have like a mental breakdown like two weeks out from my race. I'm like, "I didn't train. I didn't do what I needed to do," and so that's always a fun. Aspect, but anyway.
0: <laughs> so um, you so you start. Goal is I want someone else in control of my nutrition. Mm-hmm. I want to look
2: like I want to look I like I work, work out. out the
0: way I, I do. I want to look
1: like I work out, and I want to.
0: By the way, that I feel like we hear that more than anything else
1: mm-hmm.
0: when it comes to people why they're joining Stack. Yeah, so I want to look like I actually how much I work out.
1: Right, yep. and um, yeah, just having someone else kind of figure it out
2: was really helpful for me. What was Lindsay
0: like when she when she entered in?
2: Um I think just super excited. She was so open minded about just being well, what are we doing? Why are we doing this? Um and one thing I have always appreciated is even when things weren't Like a lot of people would have a day or have a week or go on a vacation and things aren't perfect. So they'll just kind of say screw it and not fill things out, not answer their check-in video, things like that. Lindsay has always been... This is what it is. Or if something is missing, I would get an email or a voxer ahead of time. Like, this is what happened this week. Here's why it looks the way it does. And by continuing to show up every day, she's seen an incredible amount of progress. Mm-hmm. Like, I think every single body scan we've done has been an improvement from the one prior.
1: Yeah, I think um, – so seeing like – the, I was looking at this the other day. Seeing the my initial weight number and then how it's kind of dropped off and how I was like – I don't know what. It was like 20 – I had like 20 pounds of fat I needed to lose. And I didn't – to see that number on a piece of paper is like – Oh, wow. (laughs) I didn't realize that. It's jarring. It's jarring for people. Yeah. When
2: she started, though, I also didn't look at her and necessarily think this person would benefit from losing 20 pounds. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, I thought, like, okay, 10 to 15 pounds feels reasonable for you. And Mm -hmm. then she hit that 20-pound mark, and I was like, holy crap.
1: Yeah. No, I... And that's when, you know, recently I've kind of talked to friends and family about it, and they're like, oh, well, you've never been, like, big. I'm like, yeah, but, like, when I had that extra 20 pounds on like you just you feel different you move mm-hmm. different your confidence level is different all of that is just different and so I just feel good yeah yeah and it and it has been like an evolution I think I you know I've talked to Sarah about this but it has been an evolution from the point of like well, oh, let's just see what happens I don't really know like this is really slow I don't really know if I'm gonna make it and then it's like oh I'm seeing results and then by the time Stacked and Jack came up, I was like, all right, let's 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 fuck some shit up. Yeah, yes.
2: exactly. And I love, <laughs> Lindsay was kind of the first of my clients and now I'm seeing it with others that hit a point where a lot of people come, they want to see a certain amount of weight loss. They mm-hmm. want to look different, feel better. And there comes a crossroads, right? Where you can stay on the path you're on and be perfectly content there. Or you have a moment of being like, Look at how far I've come. Let's really see what my body is capable of. Mm -hmm. And neither one is right or wrong. But Lindsay was like, I want to see what can happen now. Like, she can perfectly maintain on her own.
0: I have people Mm -hmm. that readjust their goals constantly. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, shit. Like, initially, like, I've had a client that was 180 pounds. And she was like, I want to get to, like, 165 is good. And then we got to 165 in 12 weeks. And she's like... You think I can get to 150? I'm like hell yeah, yeah. Let's, let's roll. Going. It's you know?
1: nice. It's like a constant like investment in yourself. And then you know, with my attitude, it was like, all right, well, that was. I mean, it wasn't easy. It was kind of hard. And but like I can, I can, I can do hard things. Yeah, <laughs> like, That's a good re like it's a good reassurance. Like you know, we can we can keep going.
0: I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, initial reactions on the knowledge. Presented to you in the beginning when you first joined compared to what you knew heading in
1: in terms of nutrition. Yeah um, I don't know it was just like I knew that you know eat a colorful plate Simple matters Less process that's great, but like the specific Numbers and the macros and all that kind of stuff. I was like, oh wow like yeah, no, I know I know That there's science behind this and like I, I I'm aware of that but to actually like put it into practice is Something that was new for me.
2: And didn't we go through a whole focus of like how are you gonna get tens this week? Yes. Yeah. Yep.
0: I like to yep. compare our program to a pour-over uh, whereas <laughs> Like, you're so seriously, bougie. <laughs> you have this coffee, okay, and it's in your filter oh, yeah. and your Chemex, all right, and in you're your in your Chemex, in my Chemex, and I am like filling up the the coffee filter with water, right? Mm-hmm. And it's just dripping. And if I pull that Chemex off thirty seconds in, there's not going to be very much coffee in it. If I wait two or three minutes, it's still only dripping at a certain rate, but I'm going to have a full pot of coffee, right? Yeah. So it's like if you the way we filter the information to our clients it's Mm -hmm. a slow drip right yeah but over time equals a full pot of coffee
2: yeah and i always tell people it's not necessarily that it's going to always feel easy but i don't want you to ever feel like something is unmanageable um and that you know six months a year from now you're like man i have completely overhauled so many aspects of my nutrition and my life because of a lot of small, thoughtful changes. What is the yeah.
0: biggest change mm-hmm. you made nutrition-wise? Like, um, what's one thing that stands out to you?
1: I think just increasing the amount of protein yeah. that I'm eating.
0: That's it's, like number one. It it's cra- like, blows my mm-hmm. mind how pe- how so many people eat and so little protein. And
1: it's not – it's still not super int- – Easy for me, like I still am like, all right, well, I got like, whew, I got 40 more grams of protein and like crush. but um, I think that that was that was the biggest thing.
0: Sarah yeah, and I we, open our mouths, and like forty grams of protein just get inhaled. <laughs> I
2: could. I have to hold myself back on yeah. my protein target yeah. for sure. Yeah. But that is something we see across the board when people get to a point where they're ready to start tracking macros. Because we just start with like, show me what you're doing now. Right. Because mm-hmm. if I throw numbers at you, I guarantee you're gonna freak out. Right. Right. Um, and the things we see, I would say, ninety nine percent of the time. Super low protein, and knowing and also knowing that most of these people want to look the way they work out. Mm-hmm. So, super low protein, <laughs> and then the other numbers are like a roller coaster. Right. Up and down. Well, and
0: typically, if it's someone who's done like whole 30 or paleo or something like that, their fat numbers are through the roof.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, because there's no like. <laughs> because avocado's like, hey, delicious, right, and you like, can
1: I eat know, the whole what? thing. Wait,
0: bacon's paleo? Yeah, I'll have the whole. Container full. Right, and I mean, I package. just,
1: I, you know, I, my family's Italian, so I grew up thinking a pound of spaghetti was an appropriate portion to feed, you know, two people, um, and so it's like my, maybe once you're stacked and jacked, yeah, I still remember the my, first time. My, uh, my portion control has always been just a little off, so that like. Yeah, I can like a piece of bacon's okay, but like set six pieces of bacon, probably not the best. <laughs> yeah, and you've
2: been able to go out of town now multiple times and be really successful with your habits, but still have a really good time on your trip.
1: Yeah. Yep. <laughs>
0: yeah, I think that's tough. I I I often see people thinking about the bacon thing, where like, would you eat for breakfast? And like, well, I had three eggs. Uh, four or five pieces of bacon and half an avocado I'm like cool so you're done with the day for your fat yeah <laughs> and that's the nice. thing too like Good eggs.
1: <laughs> like eggs is very very whole 30 friendly and all that but it's like oh no eggs actually a lot of fat
0: a lot <laughs> so, of fat a lot of fat yeah you
1: know when you actually start breaking it down and seeing what's in your food you're like okay I can make better choices based on all of that
0: yeah I love it so yeah. Oh, what I was going to say. We were talking about being Italian. I I can remember the first time, like, I made myself pasta and weighed it. And I was like, oh, I'll just weigh it. I wrote it down. I Mm -hmm. ate it. Then I plugged it into my fitness pal, and I was like, oh, shit.
2: There goes 60 grams of carbs. Like, oh,
0: God.
1: Yeah, and I mean, it's delicious. And it's, you know, a lot of Italian food is like, well, Italian-American food. Actually, in Italy, it's quite different. Um, but it's just delicious and a vehicle for cheese, and which is also it's delicious. It's a vehicle for cheese. So, I don't know. It's just like, you know, retraining what seems intuitive.
0: Yeah, I love it. <laughs> All right. So, where are we? Uh, about a month ago, uh-huh. I came to you because you are an athletic trainer. And I said, hey, this is what we're, like, going to do with the right. gym. You know, we're... Talking with Active Life, we're going to introduce this to our coaches. Mm-hmm. This is going to be the way we start teaching fitness. Uh-huh. Um, here's why from an injury prevention, buzzword, uh-huh. um, <laughs> getting people out of pain and discomfort. Mm-hmm. We we're basically going to come athletic trainers for the average person. Yeah, yeah. without the certification.
1: Without the certification and kind of... Sport, yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. Essentially.
0: Yeah. Right. Like that's the education we provide. That's what we're going to attempt to do. Right. Um, you love the idea.
1: I do. I think it's, um, I think it's rare um, in this world to look at it from that perspective. And for me personally, it's been, you know, helpful given a couple of the things that, you know, I've been through recently and it's, uh, it's, it's great. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, so back it up a little bit. Before that, you okay. were doing this hit training that wasn't harder than Orange Theory, but not as psycho as CrossFit.
1: Well, it, yeah, it was. It was harder. So I say harder than Orange Theory. Every every type of fitness has their benefits, and people really enjoy Absolutely it agree. and all of that. It just wasn't. It didn't give me the hook that I needed to like keep going.
0: What about Rue gave you the hook when you joined us?
1: Um. I don't know. It was just, it's just fun. It's fun. <laughs> it's fun. It's fun yeah. to lift heavy things and throw some weight around. and.
2: question, was this something, like, had you and Joel worked out a lot together in the past? Yes. Okay.
1: Yes. And so when he joined, he joined, like, right before COVID. Yeah. And he was pretty devastated by that. But the remote rue aspect of it like he would do the workouts we'd be i think we took a medicine ball and some dumbbells and all that up to the beach when we were there and like i was doing some of the workouts with him Mm -hmm. that he was doing through rue and i was like oh like i can i can do this right and then um when we got back like he was coming home and just being like oh my god that was so great and i was like, oh. Maybe I'll try. Yeah, a little FOMO. Maybe yeah. I'll try, and then I came to a class, and it was just hooked from there.
0: I love it. I love it. So, so, what made you decide? And I mean, you had a, a little bit of a medical issue.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't say so, a little bit,
0: but you had a medical so issue, and yeah. you decided to kind of take me up on my offer to individually design your workouts customized to you Uh uh-huh what was your thought process behind that and why did you decide to make that leap from group classes to the individualized workouts which you still do in a group setting
1: right right so uh, based on what happened i hadn't been able to push myself or work out for a while and Mm then um coming back I was cleared to come back and knowing what I know and having some self awareness, I knew that if I step into that first class for that first time that I was going to want to go from zero to a hundred in 60 seconds. And I was setting myself up for some pretty serious musculoskeletal amongst other things, injuries kind of moving forward. Mm Mm-hmm. So I was like, all right, I gotta I gotta get ahead of this. Like I gotta actually like practice what I preach. And um, so yeah, I sent you a message, and I was like, hey, can we do this? <laughs> Having.
2: And that's what's great about the class, but I think even now more so for you trying to like regain some strength and mm-hmm. um, all right, just tell me what to do.
1: Yeah, just tell me what to do like you just have to show up. Like it's already it's already planned out. Just show up and just do it. Um, How
0: is the first two? Because you're two weeks in or three. was
1: three. The first How week was been? kind of testing. Um, it's it's good. It's hard. It's like it's really hard. Yeah. Um, and I get comments
0: good. all the time from because Lindsay submits her workout and then I get a notification on my phone <laughs> and I get to read all of her comments. It's fun.
1: Yeah, and the bike. The bike's just rude.
0: The bike is rude. So I, I think it's <laughs> I interesting. I kind of like the bike.
1: Well, I mean, I say that I. Hesitate to go into how much I, I dislike it because I feel like it'll be programmed more.
0: Ooh, I'm going to get in trouble for that. <laughs> <laughs> so it's funny because the group classes aren't for everyone and individualized workouts aren't for everyone. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's finding out where you are, what you want to do and your intention behind it. And for the longest time, and I mean by for eight years, maybe longer. I was against individualized programming. Um, I looked at it as like lacking camaraderie. You're going to split the gym, all these different types of things. Uh, And it took my shoulder injury and for me to go through it to be like, maybe this is not what I thought it was.
2: Yeah, and I think there's also something to be said for you don't have to do just one or the other forever. I, I agree. And if you are in a place where one or the other is more conducive to your goals, then you should do it. And I think whatever allows you to have, like, a whole health approach to your your fitness, just like you do with your nutrition, is the one you should do. Mm-hmm. And if you know that getting back into group class, you are going to get amped up and – maybe your form might go out the window a little bit so you right. can lift that heavy weight or run a little faster mm-hmm. then it benefits you way more to slow down and do the movements and um get back in touch with your body where it is in that moment.
1: Right, exactly. And I think that like being a medical person the like I see you know you hear so much coming out of CrossFit like you know it's gonna you know this person's gonna hurt their back or this person's shoulders are all messed up and like that's the common theme Mm -hmm. but you know I would say that often enough it's because we didn't there wasn't necessarily a good foundation we were doing things that weren't anatomically best for you and um you know just kind of looking at it a little bit differently actually mm-hmm. uh, the doctor that I work with now because I kind of I switch jobs and I'm in a different setting so I'm in a clinic and so we get a lot of patients now who are coming in who are doing CrossFit and so he's like oh Lindsay like what do you think like go mm-hmm. in there and and before it was like a, you know shut it down don't do it whatever and so then I go in and I'm like all right well you know maybe we shouldn't be doing incline bench press but we can be doing this instead and and all of that so it's um you know it's for certain people just doing the individualized workouts are more beneficial and you're going to get stronger and it's uh, a little bit better
0: it all depends on your intention right if your intention is i want to come in and i want to sweat and have some fun like and get a little bit fitter and a little bit healthier group class is perfect if you like i have a specific goal that i am trying to reach and Mm -hmm. i want to get there as fast as possible or this hurts and I need to get out of it. Individualized workouts are better. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, so it all depends on that intention. Right. Um, but the good news is, is that we can provide you both. And you can still do the individualized workouts in a group setting. So you don't miss out on that. And you still have the camaraderie.
1: Yeah. No, it's been it's been good.
0: Any lasting nuggets for the people at home, Lindsay?
1: Um, I don't know. Just listen to what your body's telling you. Don't... Come in with any preconceived notions and just have fun.
0: Awesome. All right, y'all. Get
1: fit,
2: have fun. Yeah, I love it. There (laughs) you go.
0: Appreciate it, y'all. Have a good one. Peace out.
2: Bye.